Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Bulldog fans everywhere. We are excited after a bit of a hiatus, a brief hiatus, to get back to the Maroon Mike. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. I'm your other co-host, Lyle's Dog. And uh, been a very, very, very eventful bye week, and the events did not cease occurring until today, and in fact, probably still haven't. There's lots of breaking news today. We'll get into that. Probably one of the most exciting weekends of college football thus far uh, occurred this past Saturday, and it started on Friday. There's some games. Um, Lounge, what was your favorite game from this weekend? Texas, Oklahoma. That was a good one. I'm not sure. Are, are, are you a Texas hater? No, I'm, I'm not a Texas hater. I, I don't care for either one of them. Really? So I don't. It's like same thing with Michigan, Ohio State. I don't like either one. I ain't got a problem. I I've got. I, I made some friends on on Twitter from Texas, and they're pretty cool guys. So kind of hard for me to hate on Texas. Yeah, I, I I like some of the Texas and Oklahoma people. Uh, we know Texas A and M is a cult, and the Texas people love to make fun of that. So. Anyway, I thought uh, I, the if the Arkansas Ole Miss game had ended with the opposite score, it would have that would have been my favorite game. That was incredible. That was an incredible display of sport, of American sport, not just college football, but of anything. That was the the, the amount of offense and lack of defense was just nuts, absolutely beyond bonkers. Well, if you like, if you feel like defense, I wasn't your game. I do, I do, but I like I like watching teams that I don't care for have bad defense. That's even more fun than watching good defenses. Anyway, something we need to talk about before we get into the events of this weekend, though, some really really shocking breaking news. Um, coach Nikki McCray Pinson, Mississippi State's women's basketball coach of one season, of course, didn't have the best season last year. She has stepped down first, effective immediately as head coach of the Mississippi State women's basketball team. Very, very shocking. Um, she's quoted in her uh, in the press release. She said she needs to focus on her family and mentioned a health situation that she thought was behind her. Um, I, I don't want to put words in Nikki McCray Pinson's mouth or read between the lines too much, but I will say that things, as far as things that she thinks are behind her, she did go through cancer treatment in 2012 and 2013, so that just you, if you do read between the lines a little bit, you can think about what might be wrong. Very, very upsetting. I do have a little bit of inside information about the thing about the whole ordeal that you won't get anywhere else, and it's it's bad news. Well, it's good news, but it's bad news because of the situation. It's that practice has been going really, really well. I've got that from a very good source. Um, the girls look better, he said, than. Any, or they said than anybody, uh, than any of the practices last year during the season. Um, the transfers that have been brought in, they fit the system a lot better than some of the players that left. And that's not to say that those players aren't fantastic athletes. I know all of them are outstanding women's basketball players, but the ones that were brought in are, are just more for that three and D kind of system, that long, that you know, very high octane offensive system that she runs. Uh, they fit that very well. And so that's even more unfortunate. So just to go with the bad news, not only are we losing a coach, but things were looking up is uh, what I would say. So disappointing. I, I really, really 
feel for Coach McCray. I know that she, least of anybody, wanted to be in this position, and I know she. I know that she wouldn't have done this if she didn't have any other choice. But health is very, very important, and this is something she has to she has to conquer. They said that a national coaching search would begin, which leads me to believe that this is not going to be um, something that. Uh, not going to be a situation where she can just come back if she's feeling better. I would I wouldn't be opposed to that. I, I think le- the less turnover you have, the better. But I I don't foresee that situation. But it it didn't seem like that would be impossible. So that could be perhaps possible. I also know that this has probably been a, a three or four, maybe more, maybe a week long thing developing. I know Coach McCray had missed a couple practices um, the past couple of days and had to have assistants run practice. And I imagine they were working through some of these things. So. Very disappointing, and I hope that she feels better very soon. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm, it's, it's bigger than basketball. For all the lumps she's taking from the fan base, for yeah, I, I hate it. I hate it for her. Hopefully, it's nothing. Hopefully, it's just some. If it is some cancerous, they caught it early. Right, if that is the case, and I don't want to presume that it is, but it just, I, I'm just trying to give, make, let people know that there is a very high chance that it is something serious. She's not stepping down because she's scared of COVID, and she's not stepping down because um, something minor like that. Some some folks would call it minor. I had to imagine if you step down from a job that's paying around seven figures or, or six figures, that it's a, for a big reason. You know, it's it's not just something that would would that most of us would would be would shake off that's what i'm trying to say all right um moving on with the show uh, from a somber point to a more light-hearted topic we're going to talk about how our picks went this weekend in the order that i have them we're going to talk about how to kind of how these teams fare uh for the rest of the season based on the results going to talk a little bit more about the conference as a whole before we get into questions Alabama at Texas A&M. Of course, we both picked Alabama, and as all of you, I'm sure, know, we were both wrong. Alabama shocked on the road at a Texas A&M over there in Aggieland. Seth Small with a game-winning 28-yard field goal. That game was wild. To, to watch A&M jump out on them was kind of crazy, but the thing that was crazy is you kept thinking Alabama was going to crawl back into it, and they did, and they took a lead in the fourth quarter, and you're like, oh, it's over, but it wasn't over. They weren't able to impose their will and step on A&M's throats. A&M was able to get off the mat and keep punching. I think that was really, really impressive for Zach Calzada, who was hurt in the game but came back out anyway for the uh, Alabama team. It's, you know, it's not often that you see – a momentum swing go in favor of Alabama, and then the the opposing team capture the momentum right back. That's, watching that game, there were so many busted coverages in that secondary of Alabama. It was it's probably the worst busted coverage I've ever seen Alabama play. Though that Galzada did make some great throws from time to time. And, they, and that offensive line was night and day from when we played them to Saturday. Mm-hmm. They, very, very strange. And we do now own a transitive win over both Alabama and Clemson. Did you know 
This is shocking. Not only have we not beaten Alabama since 2007, we have not had a transitive win over Alabama since 2007 when we beat Auburn and Auburn beat them. Can you believe that? I mean, Alabama's lost like 10 times in the last decade, so... Right, and and not to say that transitive wins mean anything because in, in, in all, for all intents and purposes, they do not, but that is crazy that the stat is, has gone that long. Maybe we can break that other streak too. I, I don't know. Uh, I think for Alabama, they've still got everything they want in front of them. A&M had already lost two conference games. Alabama would actually have to lose another one um, for A&M to have a tiebreaker. But here's the thing. If they lose another one, I don't know where a And M's going to lose another game necessarily. They've, you know, I think they could. I really think they could beat Ole Miss. They but might. Ole Miss, but Ole Miss could beat them. Ole Miss could beat them. Yeah, I think because a uh, And M plays defense and they run the ball, that is they're going to give Ole Miss some fits. Teams that can that can stop the run and and that can run the ball are going to be successful against Ole Miss. So that game is in Oxford, so that's their best chance. But if, if Alabama slips up, I mean, Tex- this I Texas A&M controls their own destiny. I think I think Auburn can give them a run for their money. Auburn might, but that game's in um, College Station. But yeah, Auburn could. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not high on Auburn. I'm not high on Auburn. I think Calzado. That was a fluke game last on Saturday. I don't, I don't think he has it in him anymore. That was the biggest fluke you've ever seen in your life. I think that's a good talk, a good talking point. A lot of people are giving him a lot of credit, and I think he deserves a ton of credit, fluke or not. But is the Zach Calzada that played Mississippi State uh, the real Zach Calzada, or is the one that played Alabama? Let's kind of look. I'm thinking the one that played us because you got a larger sample size. Though again, you do, but he might have. Did he figure something out? He had. To 135 yards passing against us. Let's see. Against us, he was 12 for 20, 135 with one touchdown and one interception and three sacks. Against Alabama, he's 21 for 31 with 285, three touchdowns, one interception, and no sacks. Just night and day difference. So it depends. Did he figure something out or did he just play out of his mind? And, and, I mean, if you look, he's played in one, two, three, four. That's his fifth game he's played in. He might something might have clicked, and if it keeps clicking the rest of the year, um, it might things might go well for A and M. The other thing you could ask though, did he put a, a lot on film to where now we're going to have a, opponents will have a better idea of how to attack him? Can they see I, where Alabama I, was successful and where I they failed? I think A and M was building up for this game. So you th- believe that the the message board genius that said he was sandbagging for in our two games? Oh, I don't think he was sandbagging, like, trying to intentionally lose those games. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, they were scheming up for Bama forever. I think like, that could be the case. And and seldom does that work out. And it pro- you could probably say it didn't, because if that's the reason they lost the two games they lost, then they're in trouble. This makes you think, though, what could they have done in those two games if their quarterback, their original quarterback was healthy? I don't think that would have been much different. I mean, they're both, like, real young quarterbacks. So it's really... Very, very fascinating. Another very fascinating game, Kentucky versus LSU. Um, This is the first game I think Kentucky played against a worthy opponent. 
LSU's not worth it. That's about to say. Maybe a little bit of a, and that's so bad that we lost to them. I don't even want to talk about it. It makes me want to throw up. But, but Kentucky, first game that I think they've played where they actually went out and dominated and didn't just capitalize on mistakes. I will say this, though. LSU looked listless, lifeless, unalert, un- unappetized. It just they, – they did not – and all those words don't make sense. I know I'm just trying to throw some adjectives out there, but LSU looked lost. Here's the best word. Um, Ed Ogeron probably is done – and here's the thing about LSU. Everybody's like, oh, fire him in the middle of the year. Who's the interim? They don't have a long – I don't even know. They don't, don't have anybody. Know. I don't even know who the coordinators are. The, well, the two coordinators are first-year guys. They've never been head coaches at any level. They've never been coordinators at any level. They're, they're fly-by-night. You know, they were – he's trying to catch lightning in a bottle again, kind of like Joe Brady. Kevin Falk, who's the longest tenured coach on that team, his daughter recently passed away. I don't know if you want to ask him to come be the interim. They they almost can't fire him until the end of the year. But he is unequivocally, I think, done. Unless he pulls off a miracle. I mean, let's just look at the rest of their schedule. Or I, I've got, almost got it memorized. they got Florida, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, uh, Alabama. Is that it in the SEC? They played the already played their East game. They played us in Arkansas. Oh, in Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas, Florida, Texas A&M, Alabama, and Florida. I mean, how many of those games are they winning? I say zero. I. They can't. They can't. Their defense isn't playing outstanding by any stretch. Their running game is 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 non-existent for an LSU team. Almost an unexistent. Uh, I don't see them winning. Hardly any of those games. Bama's on the road. The Florida game's at home, but uh, the Texas A&M game at home is at home. But they got to go to Bama, to Ole Miss. It's going to be really tough. God, they're trash. Huh? So, man, they're so they're so so damn trash. I can't believe we didn't win that game. It's it's. No, that, I'm, that's why I'm, pit, I'm pissed about our dumb our dumb selves. You gave that trash team a chance to win. It it is sad. No, Somebody frustrating. Oh, I <laughs> I gotta, I gotta I change the subject. I, I hate listening to trash team. Might as well have lost to Maine again. <laughs> LSU is is Maine. I I love the. Uh, that's that's just a trash. You're just trash talking LSU right now. LSU is Maine. I I mean I agree L, to an extent. LSU. Um, somebody said, are they heading towards 2012 to 2019 Arkansas? Could you imagine if that's if if, if LSU enters a dark age? Because the the NCAA that stuff has still got to happen at some point, and you don't well, know how that's going to hit, what that's going to be. They might be able to get out of Edo's bio with calls. They sh- I think that's what they're looking for. I think as soon as they figure find something, that's the that's when they get fired. North Texas at Missouri. That game was a lot closer than it should have been. I think North Texas scored like 35 on Missouri. They cannot. Oh, they did. They can't yeah. stop a nosebleed. I think in the SEC right now, you've got Georgia, Alabama, and then probably Kentucky. All the other teams, except for South Carolina and Missouri, they're both pretty equally bad. And then Vanderbilt, like a whole mile under them. But you've got right there, I just named by name six teams. The other eight are all kind of jostling for position. LSU's about to hit that bottom echelon, and I still can't believe we lost to them. 
if they don't get win a, win a couple games here. But Chris, I, I think we got I think we got a question from Walking Bully asking us to rank the SEC West teams. We'll do that in a minute. I already halfway did it there. You got. Uh, Georgia at Auburn. Georgia rolled over Auburn. Um, that's about 34 to 10 is about what I thought that game would be. Nothing surprising there. Tennessee beat South Carolina pretty bad. Tennessee in the first quarter is the best team in college football history, it looks like. And then after that, they kind of fumble the bag a little bit. I think they I think whoever they take their foot off the gas. I guess. Whoever's calling plays, you know how you script the first drive? Usually, yeah. he's really good. Whoever is scripting the first drive, if it's offense coordinator, if it's Josh Heupel, they're doing a fantastic job. And then oh, after man. that, you're kind of – I don't know. They were up 28 to nothing in the first well, quarter. The, the first couple drives – we know that the first drive has gone well or the script plays have gone well, and then everything in the first quarter has gone well and a little bit in the second quarter. But even against Florida, they were – that thing, that thing was a fight until the last waning minutes of the second half. And then Florida got ahead, and then they put them away in the second half. That also tells me they're not making a lot of halftime adjustments or they're not doing so well um, because things aren't changing and teams are either clawing back into games or putting them away in the second half. But a very interesting team uh, in Tennessee. Vandy uh, went to Florida and got beat 42-0, to and Dan Mullen was still mad about it. That was kind of funny. It was 21-0 at half. I mean, I think you just have a simple case of Florida knew they could beat them and didn't care enough. You know, that was probably not a very highly attended game. I think the kickoff was at noon, so uh, I could understand that. But he was pissed off. Arkansas at Ole Miss. The most entertaining game of the day by far. Uh, Probably even more entertaining than the Texas A&M-Alabama game. More entertaining than the Red River rivalry game, although that was absolutely mind blowing. Maybe I don't know. I really can't. I really can't say. All these games were so good. Were they're so good? If you if you wanted to show somebody to like convince somebody to, to get into college football, just put them in front of the TV at 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. last Saturday, and they couldn't say no. It would be an offer they couldn't refuse. Really, really unfortunate that Arkansas had to lose that one. I know you're, you have a little bit of soft spot for some of your hog friends. I don't, but I have a, the opposite of a soft spot for the University of Mississippi. Uh, I think the play – I think – all right, in your opinion, do you go for two there? No. I would go for two. I've always heard, you know, go for two on the road, but I don't it's like the play stu- call. It's stupid. You don't like – see – Even if you get it, I mean – you go for one, and I heard people say, oh, we, we couldn't stop them. I was like, well, they couldn't stop y'all. I mean, That's eventually you would have had to go on for two anyways. It would have been a – it might have ended up in a two-point conversion contest. I I like going – if you think it's going to end up in a two-point conversion contest and you and you got to be able to win that, you would think that you could score a two-point conversion in the regular minutes of the game. But – the play call was bad. Uh, Ole Miss read it all the way, blew it up. If you got to notice, none of his, none of KJ Jefferson. I don't know if he tweaked something, but his last two drives, he could not throw. Everything was high. He was sailing everything like he hurt his shoulder or something. Even the even the catches were high or outside. So I, I would have called a run play, but that's just me. I'm sure that was a run pass option. I'm sure he's he was supposed to roll out, and if he sees an opening, take 
you know, diving in the end zone, but that just didn't happen. They they read it all the way. Well, the clock the clock guy lost me money. Oh, did he? Oh gosh, yeah. I was a I had Ole Miss when I was five and a half. If he just burned that one extra second off, they went by a touchdown. How much did you lose? Like thirty bucks. Oh, that's that's not bad. I'd give thirty bucks for an Ole Miss loss. If Ole Miss had lost, would you be okay with it? Yeah. But see, you, get, you didn't get anything. Ole Miss still that, won, that, that and double, you lost that, your money. Double, that was a double loss. So I was pissed at Pittman and pissed at the clock operator. <laughs> well, so with those picks, you know, we all were the same. We both picked Bama and messed up. We both picked all the other games correctly, but I took Arkansas and you took Ole Miss. So you're a point, two points ahead of me now. So look, you're, you're pulling away a little bit. It's hard to make up two points this late because, you know, you could pretty much go chalk and might, you know, have me. Uh, that's, again, why we do the score, just to make it more interesting. We will now take the questions. Lounge, you have the questions. Read me the questions from the audience. Yeah, I know. I remember from one from uh, busy, busy herself. She said, "What's your favorite donut?" What's your favorite? So, this asking you specifically. So, I won't even have to answer. Well, I'll ask you. What is your favorite donut? My favorite donut. I'm a big simp. Keep it simple. Chocolate glaze. Um, if you've ever had the blueberry, the cake donut, that's good too. Anything with raspberry filling is, is amazing. And I like chocolate eclairs, but I don't think those count as donuts. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. So I usually go like just a regular old good old glazed donut. Mm-hmm. Nothing special. So now, now we'll, I will go do a chocolate donut. So when was the last time you were in Starkville? Uh, maybe... A month or so ago. All right, so you probably haven't had it. So we're going to give a little bit of free advertising. But right next to Ben 612, there is now the Dapper Donut, which they only sell miniature donuts, but they come in a pack of like 6 or 12. And they have flavors. They are quite delicious. They come out warm. They're always warm. They're great. You should give it a try next time you're here. And they're open late. So if you're like in the Cotton District, you can just go walk over there and get donuts late at night. It's fantastic. Yeah, duly noted. Well, we've got one more question from her. It says, will the home field really be an advantage this Saturday? It better be. It absolutely better be. This is my public service announcement right now. Get your butts in the stadium. Bring two cowbells. Ring them all night long. And if you have to sell your tickets, you would rather give them to a Mississippi State fan than sell them to an Alabama fan. I will say that again. If you have to give your tickets away to a Mississippi State fan, do that before you even make money on it with an Alabama fan. We are not helping them overrun our stadium. They're not going to overrun it, but helping them take butts out of our seats uh, to root against them and cheer against them if we, unless we absolutely can't help it. And I don't foresee a situation unless you're just, you just owe the loan shark too much money or something like that where you couldn't help it. You know those folks from Columbus who are coming in with wearing that crimson. Oh my gosh! Uh, Alabama, LSU's the the and Ole Miss are the away teams that fill out the stadium the most. 
Ole Miss for obvious reasons, LSU because they just travel well. Um, I think Georgia might sometime. I know Georgia, Georgia travels well. Georgia travels well. But uh, Alabama, it's not quite as thick. And they're not as – believe it or not, there's a few crazies, but they're not as passionate overall because they get kind of apathetic. But if you asking if you think the home field advantage will matter, look at 2017. That place was bumping. And if not for an incompetent officiating and incompetent fourth quarter coaching, we would have won that game. And that was a really, really good Alabama team. Well, it also helped. They had a lot of players injured. Okay, listen. <laughs> they had to go to the silent count with Jalen Hurts out there. It was it was amazing. Amazing sense. What other questions have we got? Oh, walking bully wanted us to rate the SEC teams in the West. In the West. I'll let you go first. So, I'm still going to put Bama first. Does that sound good to you? I have no argument. This is tough. This is tough. Technically, we are second. Because one of our losses is to Memphis, and we beat the team that beat Alabama. I'm just saying. Um, the way I have to do it, though, is, and this is not how I, this is not my, how I predict it to finish. This is what I would do it right now. I'm going to go ahead and clarify that. If you want me to think how, they'll, how it'll finish out, I can't do that. But right now, based on body of work, it has to be Alabama and then Ole Miss and then Texas A&M and then Arkansas, even though Arkansas beat Texas A&M. Arkansas now has two losses in the SEC. Um, A&M does too, but they just beat Alabama. So you got to give them a point. So then us and then Auburn and then LSU. Even though Auburn is still ranked, or I think they're still ranked, but they're – They've only lost to, I think, at Penn State and Georgia at home, but they've also had a pretty bad game against Georgia State, and uh, they beat a, a listless LSU team by not very much on the Plains, or excuse me, uh, in Baton Rouge. I don't think they're going to win. I don't I, I don't think they'll beat Ole Miss. I really don't think they'll beat Arkansas uh, in Fayetteville, and I really don't think they'll beat Texas A&M in College Station. And I, 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 to be honest, I doubt they beat us in, in Auburn. Now, we've gone over there and laid some eggs, but – what about you? I got Bama number one. I got I got Ole Miss two. I got I got Arkansas three. Okay. Us four. Auburn five. A&M 6th, and LSU 7th. So you're going full fluke on A&M. Yep. Bama. Full fluke. Got yep. it. That's okay. All right, what other questions? Hog friend, one of the hog folks asked me, he said, what's the chances of State beating Arkansas and Fayetteville this year? Um, I still think a pretty good chance. Yeah, I want to see. Let's see. We, who do we play before then? Do we play Auburn before then? Yeah. I, to answer that question, I want to see how Mississippi State performs against a real rushing quarterback. Because we haven't, believe it or not, in modern college football, we haven't seen one. 
um, all year just yet. I, and Bryce Young can, is mobile, but he's not. You know, they want to pass downfield and run the ball with the running backs who are outstanding. They don't want to use the quarterback in the run game. So we won't until we face a rushing quarterback like Bo Nix, which I, I think we play Auburn before Arkansas. Uh, I, I I'm hesitant to answer that question. Because, you know, Kentucky, they usually always, almost always have a running quarterback. They don't really this year. Will Levis, he, he actually ran the ball well this week, but he's usually more of a passing guy. I want to see – I will say this. Our defense is geared towards stopping the run. And so because of that, I like our chances against Arkansas because they're such a run-heavy team. Um, and as we saw this weekend, Arkansas has a lot of trouble defending the pass and really defending it all. But – they, they were some busted coverages, some guys wide open. Um, I would just say defending at all, really, because they, they couldn't stop Snoop Connor at all uh, running the ball. So if, if Arkansas's defense is more what we saw in Oxford than what we and what we saw in Athens than what we saw in Dallas when they played A&M, which I, I would think that is because A&M's offense was pretty pedestrian back then, then I like our chances. Probably I'd give us like a 45 50% chance. Yeah, I mean, that defense isn't elite by any measure. I mean, if there's only one true elite defense in college football right now, that's Georgia. Right. I mean, and plus, KJ Jefferson has a has a tendency to be a little sporadic with his little inaccurate with his throws. Yeah, if you, you cover up Traylon Burks, you, you put Martin Emerson or Emmanuel Forbes on Traylon Burks and hope that he they can hold their own and try to prevent Traylon Burks from using that big body and then you throw pressures at KJ Jefferson and try to stop the run. I think that's how that's the recipe for success there. And, I, and, and if there is a team to – if there is a way, a, a scheme – that limits Arkansas, I think ours does it very well on defense, at least. And on offense, I think we're eventually going to get to the point where we, you know, limit everybody or, or score on everybody or sc- score not at will necessarily, but start scoring a lot more points. What else have we got? Uh, I think that's all. That's all. We need y'all folks need to start sending more questions in. Well. Maybe we need to get more folks listening. We, we should be better. That's our fault. <laughs> all right. Well, if that's all we've got for tonight, do you have anything else to add? Not for mine. Y'all get ready. To, just get ready for the weekend. Get ready. Also, there's spring scrimmage against Alabama, our baseball scrimmage. Yes, 5 p.m. I would like to everybody to come out there and show Coach Brohannon your appreciation for his comments last month um, about Starkville uh, and about um, all these other you know baseball things that are going on and how he's so disappointed about NIL because it helps us get better and he, he, like he acts like Alabama is, is, is some kind of poverty program. And that they couldn't, they couldn't get recruits if they wanted to. Well, they could. They just, he just needs to do a better job. I mean, they're Alabama, so that's ridiculous. It's. Uh, I mean, we play I mean, So what? Apparently, they got the number eight recruiting class. Apparently, he ain't. In Alabama baseball. Yeah. Oh, that'll that'll change before signing day. In any case, um, 
Oh, really? Yeah. Well, let's see if they get any better. We will be back um, Thursday night, Friday morning for the latest rendition of the show, uh, actually previewing Alabama, getting into some details. Uh, Hopefully, Lounge and I haven't both convinced ourselves that we will win that game by then um, because I can't live with that kind of disappointment in my life right now. Shade under the 35-minute mark, but again, a little bit shorter show as we didn't play this week. Until next time, as always, swing your sword and hail state.